you have a Bible this morning, we are going to be in the book of Galatians. We've been in the book of Galatians for the last several weeks. We're going to, we're going to preach through the entire book of Galatians this year, among some other things. Um, this series is, is a new series, a new part of Galatians. We're, we, we start a new series called Understanding the Gospel. Paul is, is very clear what the gospel means and what that entails and what he's talking about when he talks about the good news, euangelion. So if you have a Bible this morning, or if you, it'll be on the screen, um, or if, if you have a phone, we'll be looking at Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 through 21. It says this, You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in... Christ Jesus, so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean that Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep it the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. Galatians 2.20 right here. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. I know. I know. You are all sick of me saying every week that we are in Galatians that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. I know you're sick of it, right? I'm sorry, that's kind of the point of the book of Galatians. Look, I I just said it again, right? The reality is, though, that is the whole point of the letter. Paul is telling them, the Galatians, that they have to stop perverting and twisting the gospel. The gospel of Jesus is pretty simple to understand, and yet, even in its simplicity... It's very hard to live out. The gospel, the euangelion, the good news that Jesus preached is this. The kingdom of God is here. Believe in me. Abide in me. Trust in me. Surrender to me. Let's be very clear because Jesus is. He, Jesus, he alone, he alone is what saves us. What rescues us from ourselves. He alone. He is the good news. He has come. His blood has covered our doorpost. His death has made a way for us to be justified before God. This morning we are going to discover what the everything that I keep talking about means. So if you have your Bible this morning, really anytime you were reading the Bible, 
And a word or phrase is repeated several times in that passage of Scripture. Circle it. Underline it. Highlight it. Because it's important. There is one such word this morning in our text. And that word is the Greek word, dikaio. And that word in the NIV is translated to justified. In the New Living Translation, the one I just read, it's translated to a phrase. And that phrase is, to be made right. To be made right. Here in those six verses, Paul uses that term, that phrase, four times. If you want to highlight it, circle it, do that, because this word is so important. It is the everything in the equation that we've been talking about. Justification is such a big term in the Bible. It is such a key term to our Christian lives because it is literally everything. Jesus has justified us. Jesus, that means that Jesus has made us right with God through his perfect, sinless life, through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection. He was the perfect lamb. He was the perfect sacrifice for our sin, for what has separated us from God. There's a famous story about Margaret Thatcher when she was the prime minister of the UK, right? She went to a, uh, a hospital that was for people that had severe memory loss, right? It was kind of like an Alzheimer's hospital here in the States. And so Margaret was walking around and, and uh, she, was, she was talking to people and people, you know, Margaret Thatcher was really popular back in the day and people were excited and happy to see her and one of the patients who had severe memory loss went up to her and said, Hey, who are you? And Margaret Thatcher says, you, you don't know who I am? And the patient said, No, you don't know either. You, you can ask the nurse. She's good at telling us who we are. <laughs> Sometimes... We have to start over from scratch and learn again who we are. That's what we're going to do this morning. Because without Jesus, there is no being made right with God. Remember, before Jesus, in order to be made right with God, one, you had to, be, you had to convert to Judaism. That was the first step. All right? And if you were a, a man, that wasn't pleasant. All right? You had to convert to Judaism. The second thing, you had to keep every law, every practice, every tradition that went along with that. The only problem was at the time of Jesus, the Pharisees and the religious teachers had taken God's Ten Commandments, which were already impossible to keep anyway, right? They had taken God's Ten Commandments and made them into over 600 commandments, you were constantly, your head was on a swivel trying to figure out, had I broken the law? Had I done something wrong? Have I offended God somehow? And it was impossible to keep. So much so 
that the Pharisees and the religious teachers couldn't even follow him. But they had the power, so they said they did. Look at Matthew 23, 3-4. This is Jesus speaking. He says this, So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands, and they never lift a finger to ease the burden. Jesus and the Pharisees did not get along. So Jesus starts the whole thing over. He says, forget 600 things. Forget 10 things. If you can just follow this one thing, the rest will take care of itself. And so John 12, 44 says, Then Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. Honest talk here. Believing in Jesus alone is what makes you right with God. Look at verse 16 in our passage. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Four times Paul says what it takes to be justified before God, to be made right before God. And all four times, it's faith in Jesus, belief in Jesus. Not rules, not laws, not traditions, not church attendance, not cleaning up your mouth, not cleaning up your attitude, not your browser history, none of it. Paul says, Jesus said, believing in, placing your faith in Jesus is what makes you right with God. Church, if you hear nothing else this morning, if you are tuning me out or you're going to tune me out in about four seconds, I want you to hear this. Please hear this from the word of God. Verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Unfortunately, the American church, American society, has become the church of Galatia. We want to add so many things to Jesus plus nothing. We want so desperately for it to be Jesus plus something. And why? Why is that? I think because our society, our culture, we are so in love with our to-do lists, our honey-do lists. We, we want to be able to point to something tangible and say, and measure ourselves against everybody else and against the list, and we can say, yep, I'm winning at doing these Christian things. So we like to say, Instead of Jesus plus nothing, we like to say Jesus plus Sunday school, or Jesus plus church attendance, or Jesus plus putting money in the plate. 
However, none of those things, none of those things make a lick of difference to Jesus, whether we are or not we are right with God. Nothing. When God looks down on us, he either sees the blood, grace, and love of Jesus covering our doorframe, or he doesn't. Justification is that act, the act where God declares us right with him or not. And it all has to do with Jesus. It is not a process. It is not something we can work toward. God either declares us right with him by his son or or not. Justification is all about something that Jesus does for us, that God has done for us. Either we are or we are not justified. End of story. It is a ruling passed down from a judge. And hopefully the ultimate judge has ruled in our favor. That in the eyes of his court that we are not found guilty. That restitution has been made. That's the definition of everything in our equation. God declaring us made right with him. When I was 16 years old, I think I've told, maybe told this story before, but I, was, uh, I just got my license. I was going to a football game, a playoff football game in, uh, in, in Springfield, Illinois. John knows that stretch of the woods of like 55 in that area. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm in going to Springfield. I have my 1990, yeah, I think 1990 Buick something, like, or Chevy something. It's, it was an old junk car, right? But it had a V6 engine. <laughs> you guys can kind of see where this is going, right? I'm 16, got a bunch of people in my car, some girls in there, and I'm like, Let's do this, right? So I'm going to Springfield. I'm a 72, hooked down a 55. And I'm going 92 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. And I'm 16. And then the police lights come on, and I pull over. And I still don't realize how much trouble I could or, or should be in. And so I, pull, I, I get pulled over, they give me a ticket, and the guy goes, all right, here's a ticket, you need to appear, appear in court on this day, be there. I'm like, oh, I can't just mail this thing in? They're like, nope, court attendance is mandatory. I'm like, oh, this is maybe a little bit more serious now. My friend, she wasn't in the car, but I had a friend, a youth group friend, her dad was the DA of Champaign, and he's like, yeah, they don't mess around there in Springfield. You better get a lawyer. So I, he gave me the name of a lawyer. The lawyer gave me some pro bono rate, right? He goes to, with me to Springfield. We, uh, we go before the judge. I, he's like, you just don't say anything, all right? <laughs> I'm like, all right. So he talks, he talks, da, 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 everything. Gavel goes down. I'm like, what happened? I'm 16. I'm not the brightest kid right now, right? 
He's like, here's the deal. Uh, you get, uh, we got you a, uh, was it where you can work, like court supervision. We got you court supervision. Um, and, but there's a big fine. It was like a five, five, seven hundred dollar fine, something like that. He goes, but here's the deal. Um, I, I got him to make it so that you can do community service to pay this off. And he said, I know you're a TA for one of your, your high school teachers. That counts as community service. So as long as you show up and do your TA thing every, every, every day of the rest of the semester, you'll be paid up. Boom. I went from like the, having perhaps my license taken away to nothing against my record. And I didn't have to pay a dime except for paying this lawyer. That is what I'm talking about, about justification. God has done it all for us. I did nothing. God made it all happen. I was made right in the eyes of the law because I had a great lawyer. We are all made right in the eyes of God, the ultimate judge, because we have the greatest lawyer in Jesus Christ. So for the rest of the morning, we're going to look at since we have been made right with God, since we get everything, what does that look like? So, what does everything look like? One, Jesus plus nothing equals relationship. Look at verse 20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When we are made right with God, when we believe in Jesus, when we have faith in him, then we get the most unbelievable gift. We get to be in relationship with him. Jesus didn't simply pay our punishment, pay our fine, and get us off the hook and then take off. That's not what he did. No, that was just the starting point. He then gives us the gift of him. He becomes the door to his father. We have access to the creator himself, the one who breathed life into us, and the one whom we'll, we will, will receive those that have placed their faith in him when, when our lives are over. Justification isn't merely a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's not what this is. It's so much more. It is a living relationship with the one who knows us better than we know ourselves. The one that knows exactly how many hairs we have on our heads, our greatest triumphs, our biggest failures. He knows it all. And he loves us the same. Always. He cannot love us any more than he loves us right now. At this current moment. Because we get to have a relationship with love. Love. Jesus' love, that's the relationship we get to have. So can we pause for just a moment and think about that? You get to have a relationship with the creator of the earth. You get to have a relationship with love itself. How amazing. This is a hard thing for me to get my mind around. But have you ever thought of what the name Messiah actually means? We say it a lot in songs and around Christmas and all that. But Messiah. Anybody have a guess? 
It's one of the names of Jesus, but oh so much more than that. For the entire Old Testament, God's people were waiting for the Messiah. Messiah comes from the Hebrew word Masakai, and it means the anointed one, the chosen one. It is king speak. It's royalty speak. King David was considered a Messiah because he was chosen. He was anointed by God. The Greek equivalent is the word Christos, which we all know what that word, right? Christ. The name Jesus Christ is the same as Jesus, the Messiah. I've talked about it a lot, but the amazing series about the life of Jesus called The Chosen. I keep talking about it. They're on season two now. It is phenomenal. But Dallas, the guy who made the series, named his series about Jesus the the equivalent, the English word for Messiah, which is the chosen. There are some of you that may be shaking your head and saying, well, what are you talking about? What about in James and other places that says that faith without works is dead? I hear you. I agree with you. But it is not those works that save us. No, it is because of our relationship with the Messiah that has made us right with God. And because of that relationship, we do all the, those other things. We do the works. We do the good things. We, do, we, do, we give and we, 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 we do all that stuff because of our relationship with Jesus. It is because of our relationship with him that we want to obey and do those things that he has asked us to do. Those things become the air that we breathe because we continually want to say yes to the one that has given it all for me. Number two, Jesus plus nothing equals trust. Look at verse 20. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. Everything also equals trust. We trust the one that has given his life for us. I trust the one that has given me this life, this purpose. I trust the one that has been so faithful to me in my 43 years of life. And I know will be faithful to me for all the years after that I continue to live. I trust him. I do. I trust Jesus. That is how we that are followers of Jesus are to live. We are to trust him and we are to trust in the one who sent him. One of the things I was reading about this passage this week, it said the words translated trust in the Bible literally mean a bold, confident, sure security or action based on that security. Trust is not exactly the same as faith, which is the gift of God. Rather, trusting is what we do because of the faith that we have been given. Trusting is believing in the promise of God in all circumstances, even in those where the evidence seems to be contrary. Listen, trust is how you can face cancer. Trust is how you can face a debilitating diagnosis. Trust is how you can get through a baby being born in 24 weeks. Does that mean that you trust everything is going to work out exactly how you want it to all the time? Of course not. Of course not. 
The trust that we have is an Isaiah 26.3 kind of trust. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. We trust that God loves us, that he sees us, that he is with us. And that he will give us a peace about our situation, whether it works out the way that we want it to or not. We trust a God that gave his only son unto death for me and to you, for you. That's the God we trust. We trust a God that endured the shame of the cross so that we didn't have to. We know that when we trust in him, that Philippians 4, 7 becomes true. This is then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And we know that when we trust that 1 Peter 1.4 is true, it says we have had a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. Listen, life isn't all puppy dogs and rainbows. We know that. But we trust in a God that is responsible for all of those and for every other great thing on earth, under the earth, and above the earth. And that God, that very God, loves us, fiercely loves us, has done absolutely everything for us. And he wants us to trust that he has a plan for us. Lastly, number three. And Jesus plus nothing equals grace. Verse 21, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. Finally, when we are made right with God through Jesus, we get to tap into unending grace. The blood of Jesus doesn't merely cover our sins, all the sins that we had up until the point that we became a Christian. No, no. The blood of Jesus has obliterated sin once and for all. The sins of the past, the sins of now, the sins of the future. That is how much Jesus dealt with sin at the cross. He destroyed sin. He decimated your sin, my sin, and the the sins of those that don't even know him yet. We have a father that loves us very much, that even though he knows how much we have messed up and how much we will continue to mess things up in the future, he loves us anyway. He forgives us anyway. He invites us to the table anyway. And we talked about Peter versus Paul, or Paul versus Peter last week. And the thing I think about this, this whole thing, you know, Peter decided that he, did, he wasn't going to eat with the Gentiles anymore once his Jewish friends got there. And that was going on over and over again. Jesus was, that, that Peter was just, for, for, just saying, you know what, I'm not going to eat with these, these Gentiles anymore. And I think the thing that made Paul so angry about that, because if you look at how Jesus did ministry, He walked around earth. What did Jesus walk around earth and do? He walked around, he taught. But you know what else he did was like the one of the most primary things that he did, one of the most basic things that he did, is that he went and walked around and he ate with people, with sinners. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, right? Jesus ate with sinners. And when Peter is saying, listen, I'm not eating with you guys. 
Peter is denying the very basic thing that Jesus had everyone do, and that is to eat with sinners. It's how Jesus did ministry. To have separate tables within the church is to spurn the generous love of the Messiah. One of the marks of Jesus' public career was open table fellowship. God intends it to be mark of Jesus' people from that day to today and for all the future. So my question this morning. Are you justified? Are are you made right with God today? Have you received the free gift of Jesus? If not, let's go. Experience the everything this morning. Give your life to Jesus.